not just cheese and chocolate, a Swinglish podcast about books and other stuff I like. Krista from Switzerland and this is the 8th episode of my podcast. All music used in this podcast is provided by my husband Rolf. You can contact me via the podcast blog at notjustcheeseandchocolate.wordpress.com where you also find the episode notes and information on all the books and other media I mention. In today's episode, I talk about adaptations and retellings of the Jane Austen novel Pride and Prejudice. Our guest Diane from the English Book Club has admittedly no strong connection to the subject matter, but luckily does not hesitate to add a few thoughts of her own at the end. And now, please enjoy. I had a hard time getting started with this episode, maybe because we are now having more than one listener. Hi Anna-Marie, hi Rolf, hi Heidi, hi Diane's friend, hi Pascal, hi everybody else. I started out doing this mostly for myself and the book club and there was some protection in that. Now making an episode is more daunting. On the other hand, it also has more impact, which is Nice. The subject for this episode was inspired by a discussion I had with Heidi and I was super motivated to start right away. But then I realized that I might have bitten off more than I could swallow. Anna-Marie kept sending me a constant flow of book recommendations of more novels that were somewhat linked to Pride and Prejudice and how could I read all of them in time. Today I came to the conclusion that I couldn't and did not even want to. So this is what you get. For obvious reasons, this episode is dedicated to Heidi and Anna-Marie for providing so much of the content. Thank you for your support. It means everything to me. So I'm, I'm very well prepared for this episode. I have notes. So if you hear paper, then it's probably me moving around the notes. I hope it doesn't disturb you too much. So I start out with my personal history of Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice. I'm sure that I started reading romance before I knew about Jane Austen. I come from the German-speaking part of Switzerland and what we learn in school about literature is Schiller, Goethe, Dürrenmatt and Frisch, all male authors. Two of them I actually liked. I also read some Shakespeare as a teenager and I knew about the Bronte sisters from my time at the bookseller school. Yes, there is a bookseller school in Switzerland. If memory serves me right, my brother Daniel first mentioned Austen to me as the inventor of the ultimate romance hero and I guess he meant Mr. Darcy. 
I have here my beautiful copy of Jane Austen, the complete novels, which is an illustrated book. Sense and Sensibility, Pride and Prejudice, Mansfield Park, Emma, Northanger Abbey and Persuasion are in here. Very thin paper, very small writing. I am not sure I could read it today. And this edition came out in 1997. So that must have been the time I first read Jane Austen. I must have seen the movies first as both the six episode British TV adaptation of Pride and Prejudice with Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy and the feature film Sense and Sensibilities with Emma Thompson came out in 1995. I cannot be sure when I first saw the miniseries, but I know I saw Sense and Sensibilities in the movie theatre when it came out and have very fond memories of the collective size I shared with my fellow moviegoers in certain scenes. Now, Anna-Marie asked me recently what fascinates me about Jane Austen and I'll try to give an answer to that question. Okay, so the surprising thing when I bought the big book that I mentioned before, my beautiful edition of Jane Austen, The Complete Novels, I was surprised about how easy to read it was really accessible when compared to other classics. She had a way of showing the strengths and the weaknesses of people and of society, using her stories as mirrors to showcase human flaws and social injustice. Something I very much associate with modern romances. So she really is, to me at least, the godmother of all modern romance. There are, of course, no sexy times and the language is somewhat old-fashioned, but it is funny and entertaining and feels like we get a glimpse of the way people lived and loved at the time. I have found recently that the novels are very good to listen to, so if you hesitate to read them because of the language, try if you find a good audiobook. There are many versions. My son He's 21 year old, young librarian. He just listened to Pride and Prejudice as performed by Rosamund Pike and came out a big fan of Mr. Bennett. Her stories, Austen stories, very clearly stand the test of time and feel as relevant today as they must have been at the time because they are about human nature which has not changed all that much in the years since. And while they do show certain realities in a not so favorable light, they also contain the hope that I expect from every romance that against adversity and many challenges, love prevails in the end. There also is some growth to be done by certain characters. Again, something I want to see in good romance. 
But in contrast to the moralizing tone that sometimes prevails in older books, where goodness and godliness lead to success or to an early grave, but with a guaranteed entry to heaven, her heroines are allowed to be flawed and human. Austen's books have inspired many adaptations, retellings, alternative versions and continuations. Some follow the original very closely, others just in spirit or with some of the major themes. To make it more manageable, I limit myself today to adaptations and retellings of Pride and Prejudice, maybe the best known and most beloved of her novels. If you, like our regular guest Diane, have not read the book, here is a very short introduction to the story. Elizabeth Bennet is our heroine and she is part of a large family with four sisters. As the family is not well off and marriage is the only way for a woman of their social standing to have a secure future, finding husbands for the girls is very important to their mother. When two rich bachelors move into the neighborhood, she is instantly alert and tries to get them to notice some of her daughters. One of the men is very friendly and seems to enjoy the company of Elizabeth's older sister, Jane. The other seems standoffish and arrogant and Elizabeth hates him on sight. This is, of course, the famous Mr. Darcy and includes some of our favorite romance tropes like grumpy hero and enemies to lovers. Later in the book, Mr. Darcy falls for Elizabeth and proposes marriage in a way that so enrages her that she gives him a resounding no. This is maybe my favorite scene in the TV miniseries. If you want to find out how they do get over their misconceptions of each other and find true love and a happily ever after in the end, please read or watch or listen for yourself. Adaptations on film. As I have already mentioned, I have a deep and abiding love for the BBC miniseries with Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy. My love is so deep that I never watched any other adaptation, not even the one with Kira Knightley, that some of the younger folks seem to really like. I own the Making of book about the series with fascinating stories about casting and producing this beautiful work of art. The miniseries is very close to the book, so that even if you have not read it, you kind of have after watching this film. Bridget Jones' Diary by Helen Fielding, published in 1996, has a hilarious fictional interview with, with Colin Firth in it, referencing the famous swimming scene in the BBC miniseries. That's the one that uh, people rewatch and rewatch and rewatch, you know, the one. I was interested to know how they would deal with this in the 2001 Bridget Jones movie, where Colin Firth plays one of the lead's love interests. How could he be his movie character and his true self? So they solved that problem by having the interview in the additional content on the DVD. And it's also hilarious. There is a four-part 
2008 British TV miniseries called Lost in Austin, which is based more on the BBC miniseries than the actual book. Uh, they really cast actors that look very similar or act very similar to those in the miniseries. Here the heroine, a modern day woman who loves the novel Pride and Prejudice and whose boyfriend compares badly to Mr. Darcy, changes place with Elizabeth Bennet through some unlikely events. I only saw it recently and was quite amused. I highly recommend the modern day adaptation called The Lizzie Bennet Diaries. If you have not heard about that project, go watch. You're in for a treat. Here Lizzie Bennet is a video blogger, blogger or blogger, and you can enjoy a contemporary version of the story that is very close to the book in 100 YouTube videos. When it came out in 2012, you could follow the story in real time on social media. Sadly, I missed that when I came to it. It was already all out. But I, I find this a really amazing project and uh, I even bought the DVD version of it so I can watch on the big screen or the bigger screen at least. Now to the books stories I have read or listened to in recent times. My all-time favorite adaptation is Pride, Prejudice and Other Flavors by Sonali Dev. It's the first book in the The Rajas series by Sonali Dev. Beautiful cover art. I will put it in the show notes, you'll see. I highly recommend the audio version. Here it is the heroine who comes from privilege and does not endear herself to the likable hero with humble origins. So they switched genders. The hero has Darcy in his name, but in reality, Trisha, the heroine, is the Darcy in this version. She's a brilliant brain surgeon with terrible bedside manners and her hero, Dichi, is a talented cook who is struggling on the way to success. This book one in a series about the Rajas family and all the books are Austin retellings. I have already listened to the second one and it is as amazing as the first one. But please beware, the books deal with some very serious issues and are certainly no fluff. Also, family is as important as the romance, which is something I like if done as well as it is done here, but it might not be for everyone. I recommend you read this amazing review of this and two other Pride and Prejudice adaptations written by South Asian writers on the blog Romance Novels for Feminists. Jackie Seahorn can say it's so much better than I. I have not read the other two books, Unmarriageable by Sonia Kamal and Ayesha at Last by Uzma Shalaluddin, but plan to do so in the near future. The article, the blog article is called Pride and Prejudice Three Ways and it starts 
In the natural history of the romance novel, literary critic Pamela Regis describes Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice as probably the best-known canonical romance novel. It is certainly a touchstone work in the English-language romance genre, which makes it fascinating to read retellings of Elizabeth and Darcy's Rocky Road to Romance written by authors from cultures which were once colonized by the English. How do South Asian writers reimagine this quintessential English story. Other Pride and Prejudice inspired novels I have listened to or read with my eyes in recent times are Austenland by Shannon Hale. I like Shannon Hale from other books, but I was a little bit disappointed by this one. Uh, it's about a, a huge Pride and Prejudice fan who uh, gets the chance to go to a luxury resort, which uh, is like a playland for Austin fans. So you get to wear the clothes and uh, do the dances and eat the food, but with modern amenities. So it's really a luxury visit to Austin land. But I was only lukewarm about it. So it, it, it's a funny take in a way, but I didn't connect to the heroine, sadly. Uh, then there was Pride by Ibiza Boy. This is a, a YA novel, very sweet one. Uh, so uh, this is about younger people falling in love, about a black girl that suffers because of the changes in her neighborhood. Uh, it's a book about gentrification and uh, she really hates how everything changes and they have to move. It's a very touching story. I liked it a lot. Then uh, a very original take is the Hearthstone trilogy by L. Catherine White. This is a fantasy trilogy. The first one is called Hearthstone, the second one Dragon Shadow and the third Flamebringer. Uh, the first book is based on Pride and Prejudice, the rest uh, just continues with the story with the same main characters but a different storyline. The first book is a very close retelling but uh, there are dragons and monsters and magic. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, the heroine is a is, uh, very strong young woman and I also like the interpretation of other characters like for example the, the Collins who is not a very nice character in the original is shown as having more death in here uh, in this in this story. So if you like fantasy then you should try this trilogy it, it's great fun. Then follows a list of titles that I've seen recently mentioned or that Anna-Marie sent to me that I have not read and I will put them all in the show notes. Okay, so there are two mysteries, uh, both are series. The first series is called Elisa Darcy Mysteries, book one. Title is Murder Most Pemberley by Jessica Burke. The other one, the series is called Jane Austen Murder Mystery, book one, and the title is Pride and Premeditation by Tirsa Price. Then there is one book 
about what could have happened if Elizabeth had accepted the first proposal. A very interesting take. This is called Unequal Affections, a Pride and Prejudice retelling by Laura S. Ormiston. Here is one that focuses on Mary, that is the bookish sister, the other Bennett sister by Janice Hadlow. And a modern adaptation where the sisters are not related by blood, but a group of very close friends, the Bennett women by Eden Appia Kubi. What seems to be missing in this list is an adaptation with LGTB characters. I know they exist. Can you think of some good ones? Please write. And now, as a highlight at the end, I want to tell you about an article that one of my favorite historical romance authors wrote on the subject of Pride and Prejudice. Courtney Milan is a lawyer and published her article called Pride and Predators in the Michigan Law Review. You can download the article as a PDF file and it is well worth reading. Courtney Milan as Heidi S. Bond in the Michigan Law Review, Pride and Predators, a review of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. I read you the beginning so you know why you should continue to read it. Pride and Prejudice is one of the most beloved romance novels of all time and needs very little introduction. For those who need a refresher on the plot, Pride and Prejudice details the community-wide damage that can be laid at the feet of serial sexual predators. It details the characteristics of predators, discusses the systemic social failures that allow predators to abuse others and grapples with difficult questions of how communities should deal with those predators. Wow, that certainly is an entirely different take on Pride and Prejudice and it's so interesting and true and touching and feminist. Uh, I love the article and I highly recommend the author Courtney Milan to you if you want to try out one of her historical romance novels. She is amazing, an amazing writer, quality writing, but also she introduces diverse characters into the historical setting and she also fights for more diversity and more respect for diverse authors in the romance community and has suffered for it time and again. So if you want to support a good person and a great writer, read her books. This is it for now. Let's see what Diane has for us, even if she does not really have a close relationship to the book Pride and Prejudice. We'll see what she wants to contribute to this episode. Bye. Do you think it's been a while since I've done this? Well, I really wondered if I could do anything for this podcast because Jane Austen and takeoffs on Jane Austen is a topic I really know nothing about. But hey, <laughs> just because I don't know anything about it doesn't mean I can't talk about it. Krista gave me the good idea to make a comparison with Downton Abbey. So I thought, okay, maybe I can do that. 
My husband is a real lover of Downton Abbey, Abbey, and I got caught up in it with him. And there is a character who was the butler, Thomas the butler. He was gay. And Paul explained to me, Paul's also a history buff, so he can help me a lot understand things because I didn't get it at first. He worked for the family for 10 years and he was let go. And I didn't know that that would be a ticket to poverty. But Paul, for just pleasure, for um, for giggles, he was listening to job applications from 1889. And at that time, written references were a must. Do not apply unless you have written messages. Your name was known as well as your character. So that was very impressive to me. And being gay was not something you shared nor was it a good thing for your character reference. And that got me to thinking about how things are nowadays. I wonder what Jane Austen would think with the current situation and today's anonymity and how we have the freedom to hurt others and to lie about them with absolutely no responsibility. Or, speaking of character, or accomplishment, maybe, how it is to be an influencer when you really do nothing but sell yourself. Maybe you spend a lot of time shopping or grooming, but are those really skills that we need to be teaching our children? Um, I wonder about that a whole lot. And if there's no responsibility, how do we check ourselves? Where are the marks? I was dating in the late 60s and the 70s. And although you may think of that as quite a wild time, in America, young girls did not bring their boyfriends home, did not sleep in their family home and people say why did you get married i married at 20 because there really wasn't any other way um we agreed my fiance and i that we would wait till we were finished with school but no longer and so although we had never really lived together we got married which, as you might guess, turned out not to be the best decision I ever made, but we do learn through experience, don't we? Paul and I are seniors, and I hope we're not grumpy old farts that we see, oh, think about this, think about that, oh, young people today. So I told you about me in the 70s, and when we're in traffic, the man loves to tell me, how he was in London Center in the 70s and no problems driving or parking. 
I say, Paul, come on, how many years ago was that? But um, he's a little behind the mark. I would say he's not yet in the new millennium. But anyway, so I'm wondering what it would be like for Jane Austen. We know that each generation has its challenges, and I hope we can all learn with ease and grace. But for a time when appearances meant so much and you couldn't be seen alone and a woman's marriageability was part dictated by her reputation, her looks, her honor, her status, not so much maybe what she could do, although running a wonderful household was a big plus, but school wasn't an option. Being well-read or having strong opinions was not necessarily a plus. So what could it be? And today, we have a whole generation that are learning most of what they know about sex through pornography. We, as young people, maybe read a little bit of dirty books or looked at our dad's magazines or something. But now, a study has shown most young people, boys especially, of course, learn about sex from porn. And what really shocked me, many preferred fake to natural. Nice full duck lips, big, big boobs. Isn't it amazing? It really scared me quite a bit. And I read in a book about dating and young people today, young people, really teens, they often are sending pictures of their breasts, their breasts, their bums. And I don't know what you call a penis besides a penis nowadays. I really wouldn't want to say the word dick, you know, that this was quite normal. I was flabbergasted, and truly, I felt like an old fart. But who knows? But I think Jane might have been just as lost nowadays as she was back there, explaining it richly. I wish there was a Jane with us today who could help us figure these things out a little bit better because I personally don't think it's easy for young people and the way they're going. I'm glad I'm happily married with a man who values honor, has pride, and a lot of courtesy. And by the way, tomorrow is our second wedding anniversary. Yeah. So, that's my take on Jane Austen comparing to Downton Abbey, comparing to today and my bewilderment at the whole thing. I hope this adds clarity to your day, and I wish you all the best. Thanks for listening. Bye.